Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. I'm excited to get into this one today because we're going to be looking at Hebrews 11, chapter 30. Faith is marked by courage is the big thing that we're going to be looking at. And of course, uh, it, it is going to be just incredible to go and to continue building our faith through Hebrews chapter 11. I hope that you have really enjoyed this study as I have, and we're getting ready to uh, wrap this study up just a couple more days after uh, this. And that's all we have left. I think this goes through Sunday. And then I do want to remind everybody, uh, I am going to be taking a week off here to go and to uh, work on a couple other projects with Shouts of Grace and uh, to get ahead and to prepare uh, just some stuff and to get ready for some other exciting announcements. But I do want to um, just go ahead and let you know that what we're going to be doing going f- uh, into the next one, I was going to say going forward, but it's not just going forward. It's the next series we're going to be going into is 10 lessons uh, that I learned in uh, 10 in the 10 years that I spent or, or the, the decade that I, of my twenties in vocational ministry, that's, that's not a very succinct way to say that. Hopefully I'll figure out how to say that better, uh, going forward, but I am excited to look at that and to get into it just a little bit, um, and to really break that down and to share that with you guys. Um, I'm also just excited at some other things that we've got going on that we're going to keep them a secret. Uh, it's probably going to bug my mom that she doesn't know uh, quite what's what's happening next and some of the other announcements. She always, uh, you know, hates it when you just don't know what's going on. Um, I, I, I mean, I always knew, you know, I could find out what my Christmas presents were going to be growing up if I told her, you know, I know what dad got you for Christmas. And uh, then I'd say, but I'll only tell you if you tell me what you guys got me for Christmas. Then she'd always tell me and then I'd have to say, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I got you for Christmas. She fell for it every year. Um, That's not a very good thing to do or a Christian thing to do, so I wouldn't suggest doing that. But there are some exciting things to look forward to. And let's get into our text here today. It's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30. And it says this, By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. Now, faith is marked by courage. That's the first thing they want us to see here this morning is that faith is marked by courage. But you need to understand the background between verses 29 and verse 30. You see, Israel had been traveling in the wilderness for quite some time, for 40 years. And of course, this trip should have taken less than 40 weeks, but they were under judgment. God said, no, I will not let you go to the promised land because, of course, they went and they sent in uh, their their spies and uh, 10 were bad and two were good out of those 12 spies. And as they went in and they spied out Canaan's land, 10 of them came back saying, oh, no, we could never do it. They've got giants there. They've got these great fortified cities. They've got all these things there. But then you had Joshua and Caleb who were going and saying, no, let's let's go. Let's go take it. Let's go and walk in the victory that God has given us. Let's walk in faith. We see the promise of God. Let's walk in it. And so uh, God said, look, an entire generation has to go and, and die off here in the wilderness for 40 years, and then I'm going to let those uh, who are younger go forward. And so now you have Joshua, who is leading the children of Israel um, here at this point in time, and he comes across Jericho, which he had certainly seen the walls of Jericho before. 
uh, and we see that he was a leader of faith and a leader of courage back 40 years ago, and he continues to be a leader of faith and a leader of courage. And of course, the courage that faith has, you need to really understand the walls of Jericho, the stronghold of Jericho. See, the walls were big. They were made up of of three parts, a base wall that was 12 to 15 feet high. But then on top of that, you had a mud brick wall that was six feet thick and 20 to 26 feet above the ground. I mean, this is incredible. And then you had a slope of a hill uh, that was between the first wall and the second wall. And the second wall would have stood about 46 feet above ground level. Wow. I mean, that is an incredible wall, but it's not just that it was high. It's not just that there was a slope in between. It's not just that it was multi-leveled, but the wall was big enough to have people ride on chariots on top of them like a road and people to literally live in between these two walls. I mean, it was just an incredibly large stronghold. And I mean, soldiers were trained there. Jericho was the first line of defense when you'd go and enter into this. And it was in a strategic military location. It was a strategic military town. It was essentially a military base. It wasn't the place that you wanted to go and to fight. And that's if you were, you know, soldiers and an army and things like that. But what was Israel? See, Israel, they weren't soldiers. At best, you could call them a militia. They'd been wandering in the wilderness as nomadic people for the last 40 years, for an entire generation. Um, They wouldn't have learned to fight or to have the military discipline that you would need. That wouldn't have been a a focal point of them. They weren't a warring culture at this point in time. Um, Simply put, this was not David's mighty men here. In our human estimation, they had no chance to win, and they also had a really dumb battle plan, according to human wisdom, you know, walk around the city once, uh, you know, each day for six days, and then walk around the city seven times on the seventh day and blow trumpets. That was their their battle plan. Um, Humanly speaking, that's a terrible battle plan, but when you account for God being on their side and God commanding it, it's the best battle plan, right? Israel had faith. And of course, that faith was being led specifically um, by Joshua here at this point in time. And they obeyed God. More on that in just a little bit. But they trusted God's provision, and they put one foot in front of the other as they marched in the face of a giant and great stronghold. That takes great courage to do that. To be a bunch of nomadic, you can't even say farmers, I mean, nomadic people who have never fought before and to go up against Jericho. Wow. So the question is, does your faith have courage? You know, this doesn't mean that there won't be fear. I'm not saying that the children of Israel weren't fearful as they walked around the city. See, courage is not an absence of fear, but courage is pressing forward in spite of fear. You will have fear in the Christian life. You really will. It might be terrifying to tell someone about Jesus Christ. It might be terrifying 
to being the only one who is standing for Christ in certain situations. You know, I recall a time when I was 16 years old and I, I was taken to a, to a national conference because I was competing in, a, in the Talents for Christ competition, but I was able to go to this national conference of the association that I was in and the uh, number two guy, the vice president or the, or, or the assistant representative, I don't remember exactly what they called him at that point in time, was, was right there uh, and he was speaking on a topic and he was going in, in, in really talking about pragmatism within the church and how we need to be more pragmatic and how we really need to go and to reach out to the world in this way and that way and, and to do this. But it was really coming from a position of compromise. And I was the the only one in the room. I mean, I was 16. There were multiple people in the room, but I was the only one in the room who stood up and, and asked a question at the end. And I said, but isn't this compromising? Isn't this compromising? And he looked at me and couldn't believe that I asked that. And everybody in the room went and turned and they looked at me and they thought, I mean, I can't believe you just asked that question. And the problem was, was that I, I nailed him on it and he lost a lot of his thunder. And there were some people who really didn't like that. I asked that question, you know, kind of looked at me and were saying, hey, that was disrespectful. But it wasn't disrespectful because I, I wasn't meaning any disrespect for it. I was just simply going and asking the question, hey, it seems like you're saying this. That's wrong on the simple biblical level. You're saying to compromise with the world to win the world. We're not to be conformed with the world, according to Romans 12, 1 and 2. Well, let me tell you, it wasn't the most comfortable thing to do because I knew as reading the room, people were liking what he was saying afterwards. People were, you know, going and giving him the attaboys and good job and things like that. But I knew that somebody needed to go in in faith, ask the difficult question and to point out the error of the way. See, real faith presses on through fear. They get It gets over its fear because it looks to the promises of God. Real faith doesn't fear what previous generations feared. And this is something that we need today. Because I really do think if you look back in previous generations, they were driven many times by fear. And I'm not talking about the, the lack of fearing God or, or the desire to fear God, that we should have a lack of fearing God today. But what I'm talking about is what generations feared. You know, uh, the generations before us really feared the gospel being rejected, and that's what bred easy believism. A, a grace that, that, that really doesn't mean anything, a cheap grace. They feared the gospel being rejected, and they feared failure in that sense. But that's not what we're called to have. We're called to go and to present the gospel in truth. In truth. That it's this idea that, look, God has to change your life. You know, salvation is free, but it's going to cost you everything. We have to have that message. The generation before us feared saying hard things, and this bred the megachurch movements and the seeker-friendly movement or user-friendly movement. This bred watered-down church discipline 
and it it, it brought forth this idea uh, that we should just go and entertain people, give them you know five dollar bill and a bucket of cotton candy, and call it church. Well, if the church in America is going to survive, we we can't have that going forward. We have to tell the hard truths and call people to repent. See, your faith will be marked by courage, and ultimately that courage and that faith comes through fearing God. When you fear God rightly, you will rightly be able to stand before any man. It's not because it's not frightening, but it's because you fear God more and you believe him at his word, and that's where you've staked your faith. The second thing that I want us to see is that faith is persistent in obedience. See, the Israelites had to walk around the city a grand total of 13 times. I mean, can you imagine just obeying this command one time? After the first time, uh, you know, you, you put a lot of work in. I mean, walking around 15 acres of land between uh, six between the walls and nine inside the walls. I mean, this is this is a big city that you'd be walking around. You'd feel silly, especially after nothing happened to the city just after the first time. But then you had to obey it 12 more times. See, the obedience was not just in listening to what God said, but it was in continuing listening to what God said. It was a persistence that was key, even if it might not have made sense at the point in time. If your obedience is rooted in faith, then it needs to be really persistent. See, it's often easy to obey once. You can find the gumption to get up and to, to, to do your devotions once. You can find the courage to witness once. You can find the fortitude to take a stand for Christ once. But real faith is persistent in its obedience to God. It's easy to obey when the promise is fresh in your mind, when you just hear the testimony uh, of someone who, who, who led somebody to the Lord, or, or when you just hear about a booming ministry, or, or when you hear about a Christian who is standing strong for Christ. But remember, when hearing testimonies, you don't often hear about the first 12 trips around Jericho. You normally just hear about the 13th, or that's the only one you think about when the walls came tumbling down. But persistent obedience is what we're called to have, and it's often one of the hardest things in the Christian life. You know, it's it's one of those things where how many people have you gone and you've shared the gospel with and they've rejected it? You know, I've I've gone and can tell you I've had thousands of people reject the gospel when sharing the gospel with them. But does that mean you go and you say, I'm not going to share the gospel anymore? No. Does that mean after being rejected one, two, three, four, five times? No. It means that you need to be persistent at it. You need to be persistent and you need to be persistent at sharing the gospel to the same person. You know, many times we sit here and we think, you know, I shared the gospel with them once and they didn't get saved. Well, maybe that was the only time uh, that you're going to have the opportunity to share the gospel. But a lot of times it's people that you have an opportunity to share the gospel with multiple times 
and you go, well, you justify it by not doing it a second time or a third time or a 25th time by going and saying, well, I've, you know, I've done it before. I did it once. Well, how many times did you hear the gospel, do you think, before you finally accepted the gospel? You know, I accepted the gospel uh, and Jesus Christ is my Savior when I was seven years old. I wasn't very old, but I can tell you for certain I'd heard the gospel over a hundred times because I, I went to church. My parents took me to church. My parents talked about God. My parents talked about the Bible. I, I, we had had those conversations. I'd heard the gospel well over a hundred times. Prob- I mean, probably much more than that. I just don't know how many to, to count. The question is, though, am I glad that the gospel is persistently presented to me? Yes. So if I'm going to be glad that the gospel is persistent, persistently presented to me, shouldn't I pers- persistently, oh, I can't say that very well today, but persistently tell the gospel to other people? Shouldn't I persistently obey God? The final thing they want us to look at this morning is that faith destroys strongholds. You know, we can't forget that the walls of Jericho fell down. And this is an amazing thing. This happened with a victory shout. You know, that's the song that you hear at the beginning and end, the intro and outro here. It's a song that's titled Victory Shout by the Kingsman. Uh, and it, it, it is one of those things that happened here at the, the walls of Jericho. They gave a victory shout, a shout of grace, and the walls came down. Remember, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's a title or a deed. And and this is the belief in what we cannot see or quite holding our hands on yet. The Israelites believed that the walls would fall and they gave the shout of victory before the walls fell. See, that's the evidence of things not seen. Real faith has real evidences and faith without works is dead. And this evidence was clearly seen and the shout that they gave. And that's what brought down the stronghold is that they had faith in the promises of God. Real faith has real results. Now, remember, it is going to be in God's time, but real faith does have real results. And there's some of you that are listening today who have been struggling with something. You've been trying to believe God for something. You've been going and and trying to exercise and to stretch your faith. But what you might need to do is just thank God for the victory that is in your life before you can see it, because you go and you say, Lord, thank you for it. I'm giving up my victory shout right now, and I'm going to go and to walk in your promises. Some of you need to do that today. And that's what's holding you back from really accomplishing great things from God and seeing great victories for God in your life. You might have a stronghold in your life. Maybe it's a sin you just can't get over. Maybe it's it's somebody that you need to go and you you need to win for Christ and God has laid them on your heart. Have you thanked God? in faith, saying, Lord, I I thank you for this sin in my life that that you have completely defeated. I thank you for that. And then walk in that victory. Have you gone and and maybe there's somebody that needs to know Jesus Christ as as their Savior, and you go and you say, Lord, I, I thank you that this person is going to be saved. 
Have you done that yet? And then go and walk in that and share the gospel with them. And maybe even you go and you tell them, look, I already thank God that you're going to be saved, so you need to accept the gospel right here and right now. There are other strongholds that might be in your life, some disciplines that you might need to work on. And have you given out that shout of grace? Have you given out that shout of grace? Because remember, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. You need to be persistent. And you need to remember to have courage because real faith has courage. But sometimes you need to remember that faith tears down strongholds and real faith gives the victory shout while the stronghold's still standing. Go ahead, give out a victory shout today. And remember as we depart, Joshua 1, 8, and 9. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Sometimes he leaves us waiting for his hand to move. Oh, but even in darkness, we hold to the promise. There's nothing we can't overcome.